It is Tuesday, August 2nd here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And our special guest today is the Jaguars reporter for 1010 AM and 92.5 FM in Jacksonville. He is at Hayes Carlion on Twitter. Hayes, thank you very much for joining us today. Gentlemen, great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, especially with the team busy right now, about to play in the first game of the year at the <laughs> Hall of Fame this week. Uh, we want to know about the the Jaguars and, of course, you know about all the biggest names. This is an offense that Jared and I are actually a little bit excited about for fantasy purposes because they've been going fairly late in terms of average draft position. So for the broad picture, what are the biggest changes that you have seen so far this year's offense versus last year's under Urban Meyer? I think it's functional and it's creative. And those were two things missing last year. Functional because of the debacle that Urban Meyer was. And then there just wasn't a lot of creativity. And and I don't know if I put all of that on Daryl Bevel. I mean, he was dealt a tough hand uh, by the head coach. But but it just seems like Doug Peterson has a very firm grasp on what works in today's NFL, uh, how to best utilize Trevor Lawrence. And uh, I do like them from a fantasy standpoint for a lot of these guys because I still don't think they're ready to win more than maybe seven or eight games at at best. So they're going to be playing from behind, but they're functionally going to be able to do that, which does mean that I think they're not going to have as many wasted possessions and and things like that. So while they might not win a lot, they probably will be trailing and able to play pretty well in that time to kind of at least keep the game relatively close. Does it seem like Trevor Lawrence is already benefiting from having a more functional coaching staff and offense, as you as you mentioned? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and he handled last year as well as you can. I mean, it, it, he was dealt the worst environment. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say in league history, but certainly Urban <laughs> Meyer, I think, is probably the worst head coach that we've seen at this level. And the supporting cast wasn't great around Trevor. So you had sort of nothing really that, that was working well. Uh, Now the supporting cast has been upgraded. It's still not close to being elite, but it's certainly much better. And uh, and the difference between Doug Peterson and Urban Meyer is a complete 180. So Trevor is in a much better position, but, you know, he's he's handled it great. He compartmentalized the things that went wrong last year, but he did, you know, kind of keep in mind the things that, that did go well that he was able to individually take away in terms of the positives. And I think that's translated. So I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a really strong second year. Yeah, I think Bobby Petrino laughs at Urban Meyer's NFL. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bobby Petrino is now off the hook. <laughs> that's right. You you mentioned uh, Peterson, you know, knowing how to get the best out of Lawrence, knowing how to use him. Do you think that's going to include any designed rushing stuff? You know, that's something that we like to see in fantasy. Lawrence is a, a mobile quarterback. Do you expect Peterson to call any of that stuff for him? I would be surprised. They do have RPOs in there, but I would be surprised if if they have Trevor do a lot of design things. Uh, he doesn't even really – occasionally he'll use his legs, but I can think of only one occurrence so far in training camp where Trevor just took off and, and scored from about six yards out. So it's there for him from a skill set standpoint, but it is not something that is first, second, or third priority for him uh, as a play goes through. So – things pretty much have to break down for Trevor to run. Uh, So I'm not saying that he won't give you anything from a rushing standpoint, 
but I would be surprised if they're inside the five yard line and he's going to get the chance to score the touchdown there by design. It may happen. He may fall into one or two, but I, I don't think they're going to use him in, the, in that capacity. Got it. Okay. Uh, so getting to the Jags backfield, I think that's the biggest question fantasy owners have at this point. You know, how is James Robinson looking coming off the Achilles tear? I guess, how is Travis Etienne looking coming off his Liz Frank injury? And then how do you expect this backfield to operate as far as, you know, the, the distribution of, of carries and targets? Yeah, I would say that wherever you think Travis Etienne is going to get drafted in your league, bump that up by a round or two, and that's where he should be getting drafted. And I would say the same thing about James Robinson going the other way. Uh, Wherever you think James Robinson should be drafted, probably drop a couple rounds down, and that's probably more the value of where he should be. Travis Etienne's look great. Uh, The speed is back. The Liz Frank injury was now almost a full year ago, and I was surprised with what he was able to do in OTAs, it's carried over. Uh, so Travis Etienne brings a real speed element to the offense. Uh, he, he's an accomplished pass catcher, and they're utilizing him in that fashion. So I think Travis Etienne could have 1,200, 1,400 yards of offense this year, really have a big season. James Robinson, I think, will be ready. I think he'll be active for week one at Washington. Uh, but I do wonder – what the role is going to be. I, I think initially if, if James is, is fully ready and, and he's doing some nice things on the field now, he's not fully back. Uh, and Doug Peterson even said today that they're now getting to the point where they're ready to start. It needs to start accelerating for him to get ready. So that'll be interesting to see over the next week what James Robinson does. But I, I think it is going to be James Robinson may be listed as the starting running back ceremonial ceremonially, but I think it will be Travis Etienne that uh, is getting the majority of the touches. And as the season goes along, I think that's only going to grow further apart. Do you think Snoop Connor works into that rotation at all, or is he more of an insurance option at this point? I think he works in. I think he's going to have a, a role. I, I don't know how much right away, but based on the injury history of Etienne and Robinson and what they're dealing with, you know, Snoop Connor presents some pretty good value if you're talking about somebody that's probably coming off the board very late, if at all, uh, you know, depending on your league. So uh, he, he looks good. He's got good patience. Uh, he had a good day yesterday uh, in full pads, good vision. Uh, he's got a burst when he hits it and he's a big guy. So, you know, Snoop Connor to me, if, if ETN and James Robinson stay healthy, it'll be a fairly minimal role, but you know, you're talking about two, one guy's coming off an Achilles, one guy's coming off a Liz Frank. And if one of those two uh, can't go, then I think Snoop Connor really is going to get an increased workload. There's really no one behind him that I think is going to push him. So then it would be, do the Jaguars go and sign a veteran back to come in? And uh, so I, I think Snoop Connor's got some good late round value. Now, the wide receiver core is even more crowded than the backfield that we were just talking about. We've got Christian Kirk. We've got Zay Jones arriving in free agency. Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Laquan Treadwell, of course, still around from last year. Who do you expect to be the two that are on the field when they're in their two wide out sets? And then who are the top three when they spread to, you know, three wide sets? Yeah, Christian Kirk would be the player you'd want to own. And, and then I think it's Zay Jones and Marvin Jones, but it's pretty close uh, in terms of the two and the three. You know, so I, I would say that they're kind of in the same classification. Christian Kirk's look great. You know, obviously people talk about the big contract. Uh, that's understandable, but he looks like a player that is ready to earn that contract if he stays healthy 
I can't imagine he's not going to be in triple digits in terms of targets. And, and obviously, if he's going to get that kind of volume, he's going to produce, uh, again, with what we believe is going to be a good quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So uh, the scheme fits him really well. They do a good job moving him around. Uh, they do a good job manufacturing touches for him outside of the passing game. Uh, they like to give it to Christian Kirk on end arounds and things like that. So I'd be surprised if, you know, he's, if he doesn't get the occasional carry as well. And uh, so Christian Kirk looks really good. Zay Jones and Marvin Jones are dependable. They look steady. I think for, from a fantasy standpoint, you know, you're, you're not going to you know, get anything that's going to help you win your league. But, but they're, for the NFL, they're steady, uh, reliable twos and, and threes. And, uh, you know, really Evan Ingram, I would say, outside of Christian Kirk, I would think the top three that you'd want from a reception standpoint would be Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and Travis Etienne. Is Kirk looking like the most common slot guy? He does play there. He They kind of move him all over the place. So you'll mm-hmm. see him on the perimeter. Uh, you'll see him in the slot. And so the Jaguars will be able to match him up on whoever they want to match him up on defensively, depending on the opponent. Uh, now, obviously, the defense can counter that, but some, some won't. Uh, so Christian Kirk is somebody that I think on a week-in, week-out basis is going to be pretty protected by the scheme. And, and that's going to help him. So he's got a lot of things working for him. Uh, you like the quarterback. You like the scheme in the, head, in the head coach. And again, I think you like the circumstance because the Jaguars, again, probably are a, you know, a five to eight win team. So the majority of the time, they're going to be throwing it late to try and get back in the game or, or win the game. Do you think uh, LaVisca Chenault will be on this roster come week one? I think he will be, but it's going to be a real small package of plays. Uh, so I... I don't think he has a ton of value. I know, you know, he's a set former second round pick and that gets guys excited, but I, I don't think you're going to see any sort of major breakout from LaVisca Chenault. I think he'll be on the roster, but I think it's going to be a small package that he's involved in. He does have some value uh, in terms of his ability to run after the catch, uh, his ability to give the offense a creative option in terms of how they want to use him. But I'd be surprised again, barring injury, I'd be surprised if LaVisca Chenault is somebody that's going to generate enough volume to warrant being a, a fantasy football draft selection. Right. So you mentioned Evan Ingram playing a big role in the past game. That is not surprising. When you look at Doug Peterson's history, he you know tends to target the tight end position at a, at a rate you know well above league average. So you know, it sounds like you expect that to continue with Evan Ingram, who got a pretty nice one-year deal from the Jags. Um, is he running clear ahead of Dan Arnold? Do you think like Evan Ingram's the clear one, Arnold's the clear two? Yeah, no question. Evan Ingram is the clear one. And Dan Arnold's a nice player. And he's somebody that if something were to happen to Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold can certainly yep. uh, get in there and, and, and produce. But Evan Ingram is, is going to have a lot of chances for success in this system. It's, he knows it. It's why I, I think a big reason why he signed with the Jaguars, he saw what Doug Peterson did in the NFC East when he was with the Giants and Peterson was in Philadelphia. And, and you know, I think he knew I'm, I'm going to have a prove it year. I need that prove it year to be somewhere where I know I'm going to get the ball. Uh, I think he and Trevor have a really good connection. So I, I think Evan Ingram, if, if he can stay healthy, uh, is, is going to have a big year. He's had some drops in training camp, which is, you know, kind of the book on him. He's also made some really nice plays. And so I think from a Jaguars perspective, you know, who are not used to having explosive tight ends, I think he's going to be a real pleasant addition for the fans. Uh, Cause yes, he's probably going to drop one or two here and there, 
but he's also going to make plays that the Jaguars just aren't used to seeing their tight end make. I love hearing the confirmation on Evan Engram because <laughs> I mean, for all the things that you just said, the the money that they signed him for said it's a prove it deal said that they think there's upside there said that he thinks he can prove it this year. So I like hearing that you're projecting him that high. And I think where you can draft him in fantasy right now, it bakes in any of the risks. We all hate to yeah. see drops, but they ultimately don't matter that much. The guys who right. can also produce stay on the field. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. Like Doug Peterson was was even asked about uh, Ingram had one day where he like dropped two passes, and so Peterson was asked about it, and he said, "I'm not worried about it." He's like, "I'd rather him do it now than in than in week one." But they they really like what they're seeing at Evan Ingram. So uh, you know, again, these you know, as we know, these guys aren't robots; they're going to make mistakes. But the the key is, are they going to come? Is the confidence going to be shaken in the coaching staff? And it hasn't at all been that. Doug Peterson's fully behind Evan Ingram. And I can't imagine, again, if he stays healthy, that he won't have a really big season for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. I'm getting Evan Engram goosebumps over here, Jared. <laughs> I got to I gotta close things out on the defense, though, for, you know, the few people that are watching and playing in IDP leagues. So I don't think there are a whole lot of questions that we need answered on the Jacksonville defense for fantasy purposes. But there are some interesting situations in the secondary. The first for me is what do you think the chances are that Andre Sisco shoves Andrew Wingard aside and takes a starting job uh, next to Rayshon Jenkins to open the season. I, he will. It's 99%. If Andre Cisco is healthy, he will start opposite Rayshon Jenkins. That's the way they've done it all throughout training camp. And you see the explosiveness. They in the Inside the building, they really love Andre Cisco. So he's going to start. Again, that was another thing last year that didn't make a lot of sense. They didn't play more. Uh, but that staff obviously is gone. Uh, Andre Cisco, his ball hawking skills are evident by what he did in college. Uh, that has shown up in training camp. Uh, he's an explosive athlete back there. And uh, I think Andre Cisco has a, a great chance. I, I've, I love fantasy football. I've never played in a league that has defensive players. Oh. So I'm going to caution it with I don't I'm not going to throw around like values because I just haven't <laughs> I don't have the experience with it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Andre Cisco has, you know, three or four picks. Hey, don't worry. You give us the insight and we'll be happy to tell people <laughs> where to draft them. And Andre Cisco has been somebody that I've been wanting to get that confirmation on. Had He entered training camp last year coming off a college injury, didn't he? That, that was kind of hampering him a little bit. He tore his ACL uh, his last year at Syracuse. But the, but he really, to be honest, wasn't all that limited in training camp. Mm-hmm. And, and so there was a lot of encouragement initially, you know, with him being a third round pick on a bad team that, you know, this is somebody that, is going to make a real impact as a rookie and they just never played him. And it was, it was like, well, he doesn't know the scheme. I mean, they were telling us this in like December. It's like, you guys have had him in the building every day since July 26th. How does he not know your scheme by this point? That's, that's a you problem. That's not an Andre Cisco problem. And, uh, but again, that staff is gone. And uh, this staff has had him working as a starter since the uh, onset of training camp. And uh, again, I, you know, you don't, he's a young player. Obviously, there's things he, he hasn't seen yet, but from an athleticism standpoint, uh, he looks really good. And so, I, but he's, he's absolutely going to be the safety. Uh, the, the only way Andrew Wingard starts is if Cisco gets injured. The staff is probably like, to be honest, we don't really know our scheme. <laughs> exactly. <either>. Andre, who? <laughs> it's like Michael Scott was running the job. Yeah, exactly. So my other secondary question is, should we expect the top three corners for these Jags to be Shaquille Griffin, Tyson Campbell, and Darius Williams? 
Yes, absolutely. Darius Williams is still coming back, so there he still doesn't go in eleven on eleven, but uh, but he's going to be the nickel when healthy, and you know that's what his contract states. And and really, the guy that would challenge him is Trey Herndon, who's a savvy veteran but doesn't have a lot of speed. So Darius Williams will be the nickel. Tyson Campbell looks sensational. Uh, he's arguably been the defensive MVP at training camp. Uh, long fast, really doing a much better job finding the ball than he did as a, as a rookie. So Tyson Campbell's been a big surprise. And Shaq Griffin's very, very solid. He should have had four or five picks last year, dropped them all, and has really uh, worked on that this offseason. He had a nice interception the other day in, in red zone drills uh, where there was a ball deflected off of Shaq Quarterman, the linebacker, and he was able to scoop it uh, right off the ground uh, uh, with one hand for the interception. So uh, starting to see a little bit more playmaking out of Shaq Griffin, which is good because he was in position to have a pretty big year last year. And just every single time he had a chance, uh, wasn't able to make the play. But their corners, I think, are, are pretty, pretty sound. But Tyson Campbell, I think, will be the star. Well, the conventional wisdom is that if you can't catch those, you play defense. And if you can catch them, right. you play offense, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it proved to be true. Uh, let me sneak in one more defense question because I want to know, is Devin Lloyd going to be on the field for all three downs? I think he will be. But right now, the thing with Devin Lloyd is he got injured uh, in the conditioning test. Uh, he injured his hamstring. So we have yet to see him in training camp. Now, when I saw him in OTAs, He's explosive. You can see why he had 42 tackles behind the line at Utah. Uh, he is, I think he's going to be a, a great player for the Jaguars, but it's a little nerve wracking that, you know, you haven't been able to see him out there yet. We're still obviously several weeks away from mm -hmm. the opener. Uh, but yes, Devin Lloyd is somebody that he would be on the field for, for every down and he's going to have a chance, I think, to make a ton of plays. <laughs> Uh, so if I could guarantee that he's going to be ready and, and the, the buzz is that it's a very minor injury. They're just being cautious because the hamstring by nature is one that when, as soon as you think it's healed, you go out there and you re-injure it. So I think they really want to give him some extra time because of where we are in the calendar. But if Devin Lloyd is healthy, Devin Lloyd is going to be a big time producer for the Jaguars. Awesome. Thank you for the confirmation on that as well. Sure he thing. is the Jaguars reporter for 1010 AM, 92.5 FM in Jacksonville. He is at Hayes Carlion on Twitter. You should certainly be following him. Hayes, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, gentlemen. Anytime. Take care. That's going to do it for this episode of our Beat Writer series. You can find every show on our YouTube channel, on Spotify, on Apple, wherever else you want to get your podcasts. And of course, on DraftSharks.com, if you head to the website now, you can read my early round bust article that just dropped this morning. We are also constantly updating our projections to match all the news and buzz, like the stuff we heard from Mr. Carlion today and the rest of the writers that we're having on here all of that powers the exclusive Draft War Room, so become a DS Insider. You can take advantage of all of that. For our guest, Hayes Carlion, Jared Smola, and the entire Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.